Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? Good, Jeff. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. The winter has finally, winter is coming, and we are getting our first taste of it, or I guess, official taste of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere Saturday because it was cold. Mm-hmm. I went out to throw something in the trash. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay in. Yeah. But I did go out <laughs> yesterday to do my second viewing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like kind of the weather we had before. Like, it was kind of mild with a nice breeze. But now it's it's cold. It is cold, cold. At least cold for, you know, for Nashville weather. Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously not cold like Midwest or in the north, but which we we all get. But still, cold sucks. It's <laughs> either way. It's not optimal. Yeah, I can kind of handle the cold more so than the heat. Like yeah. me and heat don't get along. Uh, you know, like now, you know, I walk to my, to work, and um, I know I'm still gonna sweat. Cause I'm just like a hot, hot nature person. So even though it's yeah, cold, once I get to, once I get to walking, I'm still going to, my body's going to find a way to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no way around it. So can I tell you the most middle school thing ever that York did? <laughs> All right. So we know it's, it's cold out. Yeah. All right. You, you already know this is going, don't you? I think I'd have an idea. Are you you've already read it? You're reading ahead in the script, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> the boy has been wearing a hoodie, 98 degree weather, as a middle school at middle schoolers do now, apparently. And 30 degrees yesterday. He at least wore sweatpants, so we're off to a good start there. Yeah. And he, we're getting ready to go see Black Panther. And he he's getting ready to walk out of this house without his hoodie and short sleeve shirt and sweatpants. Yes. So he went up and got his hoodie because I said, you're 110 percent going to want your hoodie. Yeah. It is not warm even in the slightest, even in the. Oh, no, it's not bad. I'm good. No. Grab your hoodie, because I guarantee that theater is not going to be. Oh yeah, it's good, either. So All right. So from that, I, when I went out yesterday, I had my hoodie. I was carrying it. I went outside because you know I've been inside heat. Mm-hmm. So when I first stepped outside, that's like, eh, not too bad. Then a couple seconds later, oh no, no, I'm yep. And so and so. Uh, <laughs> Fast forward to this morning, not any warmer. I warmed up the car before kids got in it to go and take him to school. And once again, that boy walks down without his hoodie. I go, my dude, I I know you're you're still kind of sleepy and everything, but you will need your hoodie today. It is not going to be warm again until like April, <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> 
okay. He goes out and grabs it. And I'm like, I said, I, I, I legit said, I hate that you're so much like me sometimes because I did. The, I'm the same way. Yeah. I would wear sweats in the summer and shorts in the winter and not take a coat. Because, you know, for me, it's and I'm sure it's the same way for him. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, well, I I'm just going to be going from the car where that has heat. And then go outside where it's cold, but back inside a building that has heat. And I I'm sure he's utilizing the same logic. But of course, you know, my my mom did the whole, well, take a jacket because it's like, you need to have a jacket because I don't need the school calling child protective services on, you know, as I think it's just some parents end up. I don't know at what age a parent starts saying that, (laughs) but I guarantee I think it's just a natural parent reaction. It's just a mama thing. Yeah. And it just at some point reaches there. Because even I was, even I've thought that I'm like, they're gonna. I said someone's gonna call this in. Like, where's your coat? Uh, my dad didn't make me take one. Yeah. At twelve, at almost twelve, at almost twelve, I was like, man, you're. It's like, son, you're at a smart kid school. You said smarts to know that when it's cold outside, you need to have a jacket. And I've tried explaining to him as well as to Grayson that, hey, you are going to want to. You're going to want to have a jacket, whether you think it's cold or not. If the car breaks down and we have to walk somewhere, you will need a jacket. Period. Yes. Period. Always take, I said, take it and then not use it. I have to do it at work all the time. Contingency plan, like Batman, always have it. Yes, always. It's just being prepared. But yeah, I just I just thought that was too funny. And oh my god, that theater yesterday was as cold as it was outside, practically. I don't know if they don't know how to turn the heat on or if it needs work, but it was so cold in that theater from the moment we walked into the main lobby to it being like 10 degrees even cooler in the theater. Mind you, it's not like it's like 40X or one of these others that, hey, we probably need to keep it cold because of the computers and the machine like i would assume like 40x probably needs to be a little bit colder just because of the chairs and everything had to probably i don't know i'm just guessing i have no idea but uh, it just there's no reason for it to be that cold in a movie theater yeah i want to see spirit halloween walking at theaters like i'd sit up for because we just 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 left a movie it was pretty you know it was cool there it was just like being outside icebox like, yes don't get it i don't get it i learned that yes the kids are doing well we're we're good uh everyone had a good week thankfully um yeah just in that weird mid mid-november stage yeah um i was school actually shut down early i think it was thursday they closed and they don't go back till tomorrow Okay. Sick. Sick. Oh, wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Came last weekend, she says like close to 200 people that have come out sick. I don't know if it's just her school or just. Oh, no, it's everywhere. Flu and RSV is rampant. Yeah, because they got elementary, high school kind of close together. So, but um, she doesn't go back till tomorrow. So yeah. Had a nice little quick mini vacay. 
So, you know, it's something that we have talked about, like Ruth and I have talked about, is that, you know, because of COVID and everybody having to wear a mask and everything, where it does, where it would help someone to, you know, prevent from hope, you know, hopefully prevent from getting, from getting COVID. It also, because of wearing masks all the time, it is now kind of been an issue with this is why the flu is so bad and why like RSV, because you're not, it's preventing your body from actually getting sick and building up an immunity to things. And so that's why like flu's real bad this year, just because every you know all the kids are back in school and you know their the immune system is a little more lowered down. So, and I'm sure there's more more to that, but that's kind of our Cliff Notes version of why we think you know it's so bad this year. Um, but thankfully, knock wood, neither kid has had flu yet. Um, we both. <clears throat> they both got the flu shots. I got my, like, we got ours. We're just like better safe than sorry. And then, um, so I think that's helped with that. Um, plus, you know, we're really good about washing our hands after using the bathroom and stuff. And, you know, a lot of younger, a lot of younger kids, not so because they're young and still learning. So <clears throat> plus, you know, kids are little petri dishes anyways. Right. Um, I've been out public, Restrooms, and I still see people go in, use the bathroom, just walk right out. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. Adults, grown ass <laughs> yes. adults. I'm like, how? Even if you just wrench your hand under the sink for like 10 seconds, it's better than nothing. Yeah. I mean, they don't even, water does not touch their hands. I'm just like, yeah, that's why I don't shake hands. Um, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know yet. Exactly. Bump, double bump, or whatever. Yeah. But. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, you know, we're we're just kicking it, so to speak, <laughs> prepping, prepping for the Thanksgiving week and whatnot. So, yep, yep. All right, <clears throat> so trailers. We'll get into it. We finally got John Wick Chapter Four trailer. Uh, it's like it's expected to come out March 24th. So, you know, a couple months, here we are. Uh, John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Lionsgate presents a Thunder Road Films 8711 production, John Wick, Chapter 4. Looks like uh, Donnie Yen as, uh, will play Kane and Bill Skarsgård will play Marquise. And those were, and Hiroyuki Sanada will play Shimazu. So these are some of our new characters that have been added to the franchise. So. Looks pretty good, man. Looks like a great new installment. Yeah, should be. At least we know the uh, fighting hero be top notch. Yeah. Although the scene where they that they show in the trailer of him and the other dude having like the the gun, like the shooting slash sword fighting scene, it's just to me it looked too much like the naked gun. 
<laughs> they're just like shooting over like an air conditioning unit at each other and then they finally just throw it at them yeah it that's what that made me think of but you know, it's whatever it's the movies the whole series is like ridiculous but i'm okay with that because that's what it's supposed to be anyways uh next finally uh the much anticipated Darren, Darren Aronofsky, Brendan Fraser movie, The Whale, is coming out. It's received rave reviews and standing, what, what a 14-minute standing ovation or some nonsense at, at Cannes, but that's what that is for. Is just get, see, who, see who, what movie can get the longer standing ovation, which is just crazy. Uh, Anyways, Brendan Fraser plays a reclusive English teacher uh, who attempts to reconnect with his estranged te- teenage daughter, played by Stranger Things, Sadie Sink. The Whale is set to come out into theaters December 9th of this year, so just a couple weeks away. So definitely excited about that one, just because of what all I've seen. Do what? And it's an A24 movie. And it's an A24 movie at that. Another one across off the list <laughs> for the year. And then we also have coming out uh, on December 9th, same day, actually. So good counter-programming, I guess you could say, <laughs> is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. This is a darker version of the classic children's fairy tale of a wooden puppet that transforms into a real living boy. So with the voices of Gregory Mann as Pinocchio, Ewan McGregor as Sebastian J. Cricket, Ron Perlman as Podesta, Finn Wolfhard as Candlewick, Kate Blanchett as Spazatura, David Bradway as Geppetto, Vern Gorman as Priest, Tim Blake Nelson as uh, Black Rabbit, Black Rabbits, and like Tilda Swinton as Woods as Wood Sprite, John Turturro as Dottore, and Christoph Waltz as Count Bolt. So. This one I'm actually curious because it's you know how this is going to go because or what kind of story they're going to tell and how much they're going to change. Just because it's Guillermo, so I'd I'd like to see how he's going to switch things up. I'm sure it'll be fantastical. I mean, stop motion animation, so it's going to be awesome that just in that sense. But I'm I'm really curious to see his take on it. So, dun, dun, dun. all right, and that's what we have for trailers. Getting into this week's feature presentation, we have Black Panther colon Wakanda Forever. Uh, all right. So this install, this is of course the sequel to the 2018 release of Black Panther, and as the people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. Basically dead they no longer have the protector to black panther and although they're still very well capable of protecting themselves they have to deal with 
government powers being upset that they're not sharing their resources. Right. Um, pretty much everybody comes back with the, you know, with the obvious exception. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, Tisha Wright, Shuri, Tita Nyong'o as Nakia, Nai Guerrera as Okoye, Duke as Zimbaku, Orts Kumba as Ao, Dominic Thorne, Introducing a new character, Riri Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Kayla Cole as Aneka. And you have um, introducing also Tinak Berta as Namor. And then we have appearances from Billy Lewis Dreyfus, Arn Freeman, and of course we have Miss Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda. Um, I was a little, like, I was excited for this movie. Then I was worried too. I'm like, what are they going to do? You know, <laughs> they have a tall task ahead of them as, you know, Eric Bozeman passed away from an illness that he hadn't disclosed, so nobody knew what yeah. was going on. Um, but I feel like they handled it well. And, yeah. and I was reading that um, director, Ron Coogler, had been keeping in touch with family and I guess his estate as far as how they went about handling the movie and they pretty much kind of incorporated real life with comic book movie and I mean it starts off pretty much with his passing and I'll just leave it at that and when you watch it you'll see how they decide to go about it and um, you know you have Shuri that's trying to her best to do what she can to save him um, because you know the previous movie, Killmonger had all of the heart shaped herb burned, so they have nothing. Yeah. So she's trying to replicate it. But she feels if she's able to do it successfully, then that'll be something that'll help them. Um, but not able to do so. So you know, her morning, she's really digging herself deep in her science. You know, it's like we don't have a protector, so our science is gonna help us if we have any issues. Even so much as new. Uniforms for the Dormelage, which Okoye hates. Mm-hmm. I like. I like well, it looks color. like it looks like it reminded me of Abe Sapien from Hellboy. I don't also seen that. Yeah, just when you get a minute, pull it up, you'd be like, oh damn. Then, then how the hair was like kind of predatory. Yeah, like in a way too. Um, blue, I like blue's my favorite color, so I was like, I like that. Um. So, with T'Challa being dead, Queen has stepped up as far as handling the political affairs. And, of course, he goes to a conference where, you know, these other governmental powers are having the issue with them not sharing their resources. And he basically calls them on their stuff, you know, because they have an outpost that gets attacked by um, soldiers, which Romalaz comes in and handles them. And then they bring them in. It's like, look. Yes, we, we we're mourning loss, but don't take that as a sign of weakness because we still protect ourselves. Yep. Yeah. And, um, of course, these governments are very adamant about finding vibranium outside of Wakanda because they can't find their way in. And it just so happens the U.S. and the Navy SEALs have acquired a machine that's able to detect it. And they find some, but they're thwarted by a group of unknown individuals. Gets blamed for it. That's all they know. Yep. 
And it's that was a good scene. That was a good introduction. Yes. And um kind of kind of horror horror elements as well. You you see you see Namor just yeah. sky flying in the shadows like damn. <laughs> um yeah. So this is pretty close to this new civilization. So their leader confronts Ana Sherry during their morning ceremony. Basically says, Hey, we've been in hiding, been in hiding, but because of this new machine, they're getting close to us, even though we stopped them. You know, we'll do what we can to keep it keep them from coming back. But we need you to get this scientist and also don't let anybody know of our existence. <laughs> Otherwise, right. any consequences. But yeah, um, and then from there, it's just about trying to find the scientists and try to figure out a way to also defend against this new civilization, which nobody knows about except them. And um, yeah, I watched it in 4DX the first time. Ooh, how you feeling? Uh, that was good. Uh, <laughs> there was like there was like three moments where. It caught me off guard. Like I was just into the story and what was going on, and then boom, something happens. Like <laughs> you know, um, scene on the bridge. Yes, <laughs> that got me even. <laughs> yes, and then in regular two D, that got me. Yeah. Yep. And then um, that initial battle toward the middle of the movie, like you know, it's out of nowhere. I'm like, all right. Um, then the second time I watched it in RPX three D. I was kind of worried about the 3D because during some of the trailers, 3D was real blurry. So I thought my eyes were messing up. <laughs> I'm taking mm-hmm. glasses off, look with my glasses, and I put them back on. But they had to adjust something before, right before the movie started to clear it up. But uh, RPX is kind of like IMAX. Maybe not quite to that level, but similar. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, both experiences were good. Um, let's see. I almost too much away but there were some surprises in this that i didn't expect to happen mm-hmm. one of which kind of made me mad but i kind of understood one really surprised me and um very emotional uh they do have, it is to handle they do have a celebration a couple times that for child and both kind of serves both Chad bozeman Earl and character as well and both were handled well um yeah i mean i feel like forest phase four this is best the or i was kind of between shang chi and spider-man but Mm -hmm. yeah this is this is a good strong ending to the phase and um just curious what they're gonna do moving forward (laughs) yeah they're gonna are they gonna do a third movie or are they just gonna use the character in their films yeah so this both get I took Grayson says she wanted to go. This movie is two hours forty one minutes long. It is the third longest Marvel movie behind Endgame at three hours one minute and Eternals at God knows how long. Um shortly just shorted that. Yeah. And Grayson has now gone to two out of three of those <laughs> movies. Because she's the one I went and saw Eternals with because she wanted to go see it. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, I think the movie could have been shot 
cut down about 30 minutes. There's so much exposition yeah. and so much stuff that's in it that I th- it wouldn't have hurt. It would have made it a tighter film because this one has it's a little more slower paced. Uh, it's not like the first Black Panther that was just kind of boom, 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 boom. And you're always moving. There's always something going on. And this one, because of the subject matter that it's dealing with, with loss and things, things like that, it's really trying to kind of delve into that. It moves a little bit slower, which I mean, it needs to be done. Like it, it, it needs to be done. It's an overarching theme in the movie. And it's, done very well but it is it is something that's not going to help it's, it's not good as far as like pacing wise like trying to get the movie to yeah. so um, not and it's not a criticism of that it's just of when you have kids that are going to go see this movie no they'll probably get squirmy during those parts yeah. like York's like I thought this was going to move a little bit faster and Grayson's getting antsy the last 30-40 minutes and of course, asking questions along the way and stuff. Yeah. Because she hasn't seen the first one, but she wanted to go see this one because whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of noticed that more during the second time. You know, first time was just tight it. Right. Time, it's I was wash over. Then I was like, yeah, I, I saw some things they could have trimmed down, like um, Everett Ross and Valentina. They probably yeah. could have trimmed them down a lot. <laughs> Maybe just make them more of a little in there, or they could have used them as a post-credit thing. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, most of their scenes aren't really that helpful. No. Like, there's one scene where it moves the story forward, and then that's it. Yeah, and other times, kind of a distraction. It's like, yeah, it, it's just like you're kind of it kind of pulls you out a little bit, and that isn't needed. Right. And with Valentina being in, that literally could have just been. That could have, like you said, been a post-credit or just been a quick blurb in that one scene and then just be it. Yeah. It just, it didn't really need to be. Anyways, it's whatever. But there, so I think the movie could have been trimmed down to like 210, 215. Give or take. But everything that's in it, I understand why it's in it. Right. So if that kind of makes sense. For the sake of having kids. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in because York said he thought the first half, probably the first half of the movie, moved really slow for him, and he was. But he said then it picked up, and he, you know, really enjoyed it. But uh, he said that first half for him felt like it was kind of running a little slow. Which, again, that's you know the. and they had their celebration, not really a funeral, because they don't they didn't really do a funeral per se. They did a celebration of life. And which I thought was beautiful how they did it. Yeah, and then it was kind of like a callback to like how first when they have their first mission, mm-hmm. Nakia, he drops down from it. Mm-hmm. And here they kind of send him back up in the shit in this uh, Yeah. Like, they kind of hit. Because <laughs> he kinda yeah. starts kinda uh, yeah, they got to me a little bit. Yeah. Well, and like when you see these characters, when when you see these actors mm-hmm. in this movie, 
playing a character that's having to mourn, you know they're not really playing that character at that moment. That's that's all you know. That's just genuine. And everybody, every character pretty much has their moment. Each yes. actor playing the character has moments where they have their time to say their piece. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, and everybody stepped up. Like yeah, most of the characters were more supporting. Now they're yes. kind of pushed more into a more primary role, especially uh, Tisha Wright as Shuri. Like, yes. just imagine like she's more supportive in the first movie, and now it's like, not step up. You're gonna be the emotional drive of this. <laughs> yeah. And, well, in the first one, she was like a, you know, little kid. Not real little kid, but like the little, si- you know, bratty little sister almost. Yeah. But not really. I don't know how to word that correctly. Was, not really bratty, but you know, just the young ones. Like, hey, can we? Can we hurry up and get this over so I could take my so I could take this outfit off? It's uncomfortable. Kind of like Mbappe yeah. said, which I also got called back in this. She scoffs at tradition. Yes. <laughs> um, and of course, as far as standout performance, Angela Bassett. Oh, so I was dude. here like so I, I was like it still got me, but I was like, what if they hadn't put her speech in the trailer and just left it for the movie? Yes, that would have yes. hit so much harder. If they yes, had a, but um, but still, he, it's still. Felt everything. Yeah. So what I thought was interesting. So to kind of move away from the Wakandans and move more to the to Namor and his uh, and his uh, people. Yes. So one thing that kind of <laughs> that kind of uh, first thing I thought. You know, not mind you, I only saw the first trailer. I've not seen. I had not seen any other trailer. Any other. Nothing. So I was able to avoid all of that. And I'm like thinking, we had just watched that Avatar trailer before the movie. So you see those blue people, and then you see Neymar's uh, people jumping out of the water. <laughs> and the first thing I was like, I was like, oh, Blue Man Group. <laughs> and then it, I was like, no, and I was like, and then York Wayne's always like, why do they look like Avatar? <laughs> it's like, well, they don't, but I get it because we just saw the trailer, but no. But I do like the the exposition and the ex- explanation as to why their skin turns that color, though. Right. So I thought that was really cool how they did that. And uh, so interesting fact that uh, if, when... Uh, when Kugler offered uh, uh, Tenoch Huerta uh, the role of Namor, <laughs> he, he he asked how his swimming skills were. He's like, well, I've never drowned before. <laughs> Meaning, basically, he, he he did not really know how to swim, so they gave him swimming lessons. Actually, everybody got swimming lessons and breathing. Yeah, and breathing treatment or breathing, ex- you know, how to breathe underwater better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, that's not. So all the actors that were cast as telekins uh, learned a Mayan language basically for the film. Because there is, that's one thing, too. Whenever you take kids to this, be sure they are decent at reading. Or else you're going to be like me, reading subtitles to an eight-year-old who can read, but not as quickly and maybe not be able to pronounce all those words. And then miss something. So it's almost like having to describe to 
a blind person as to what's going on on stage at a at a play. Yeah. So I mean, and that's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's what it's like. It's going to be you're you're having to tell them all what's going on, but it, trying to be but not trying to be too loud that it's distracting to other people in the theater. But the Talcans do use a lot speaking their you know in the Mayan language. So therefore, there are subtitles. So there is some reading. So know that going into the movie that there is subtitles in it that you may not have been prepared for, I guess, going into it. Uh, But it was, you know, it was I really liked how they did that, that it was all Aztec. Basically, they just use an as. there, that the Italicans were heavily inspired by um, Meso uh, American uh, culture, primarily Aztec culture, and the Aztec water god Tlaloc, T-L-A-L-O-C. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting in that, because originally in the comics, Namor's from Atlantis, but they kind of, obviously Marvel wanted to move away from that because it's, too much, you know, too much of a close comparison to Aquaman, who's also from Atlantis and all of that. So not try not to be confusing. So they switched it to more of an Aztec based uh, culture, which is, I think, is really cool because it's something that hasn't really been explored in movies. And I think it's a good way to make things more inclusive as far as different backgrounds in, you know, in movies, in I mean, not just superhero movies, but movies in general, because you right. tend to learn some things too. Plus, you're hiring actors that are of that, or at least from that background. So you're getting, you know, you're not getting, yeah, you're not getting Brad Pitt playing, you know, playing Neymar, you know what I mean? Eating <laughs> throughout the entire movie with his little pea wings. I, I'm sorry, every time Neymar was flying, those wings were flapping. I all, all I could do was laugh. I'm just like these are just so silly. But I, I know <laughs> he was booking, but I'm just yeah. saying it's just it just seems like the water would weigh them yeah, down. Yeah, I don't think he used it in the water. It's mostly when he's out. Right, but I'm saying when they're he's still, out, it's still yeah. Your shoes are like you can still running. You can still yeah yeah like you can still running when your shoes are soaking wet. They're just weigh a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <Squishy>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny if he would have gotten out and started walking. His wings are just flapping down on the ground. Hold on. Gotta drive my wings. Yeah. But so the underwater kingdom is based on the concept of as as Langton, a mythical home that originated in Aztec people and it was said to be another name for Atlantis. So some background on that. This is the 30th Marvel movie. So Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I liked how they tried to. Like, it's interesting because I always kind of figured Neymar as Neymar as more of like an antihero. So he's not good. He's not bad. He's neither one, but he just kind of. Or he's one of those, you know, bad at the beginning and then turns out to be good at the end, you know, or they convert or I don't know. But yeah, but you know, I I get why he's upset, but I don't 
what I don't understand is like his reasoning, like we have to kill this sci- this one specific scientist because of this thing that was able to de- basically like a metal detector for vibranium that is yeah. found in the ocean. That's like, what is killing one scientist going to stop? I guess if they've, they've got the blue, if they, yeah, well, if they've got the blueprints, I mean, they're still going to, or the design, I'm like, you can get rid of X, Y, and Z, but if they had the design to do it, and, you know, there are other scientists out there, or engineers for that matter. Yeah. I think he was I, I just, arrogant, you know, yeah. having been, in a way, kind of like, in a way, kind of like Killmonger sense yes but um you know buttermonger <laughs> aquamonger aquamonger <laughs> you know you know wakanda until t'challa brought their resources to everybody's attention they were pretty much hidden i mean as far as their tech and their mm-hmm. vibranium but wakanda was known but they didn't know how resourceful they were but the talacon nobody knew about their existence at all yeah so, and i think with his backstory probably got a little arrogant because, you know, they kind of look at him as a, as a god because he's different. Yeah, yeah. Kind of underwater and on air, you know, both. Kind of like Blade, he's a, a landwalker. Yeah, yeah, a landwalker, <laughs> yep. Um, but, um, I mean, he didn't he didn't play. Like, he, he, he says he's going to do something. He's going to do it. Yeah. And, um, but I think his acting was pretty good, too. Like, I believed him. But that one, you know. One, oh, yeah. He was he's menacing. Um, yes. Oh yeah. In the, comic, in the comics, I think Namor was kind of bold. Like he's been on the side of good. He's been on bad yeah. side. And you know, at one point, him and Black Panther actually fought. So, but um, at least I think you know, I'm just seeing what they do with the character moving. Right, and because I am curious too, because it, I don't know, I guess. If he was worried about them being dis- like nobody still like even with them at that scene, at that scene, the they found vibranium in that at that one spot. It was still nowhere near where they are, like where their community or where their you know where their world, so to speak, underwater world, was even located. Vibranium is only associated with Wakanda. Like, all right, we're still good. <laughs> yeah. Helped you. Like, <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, they're getting close. No, they're really not. They're just in the water. Like, I don't know. I, I'd found <laughs> he brought attention to him. He brought attention to their world himself. Cause, yeah, I mean, in a way, nobody, I mean, even Wakanda didn't know. No. So I was like, yeah, man. He, yeah, he shot himself in the foot. <laughs> yes. They could have just blamed it on Wakanda and then just been. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh. They they do something to them, then we'll we'll step up if need be. <laughs> it's just yeah, I don't know. But, it's you know it's, uh, you scary, know, it's, it's, it's yes yeah. <laughs> but I thought the costumes were beautiful for both uh, the Wakandans as well as the Telicans. All of their outfits were just beautifully done. Hopefully, another Oscar nomination for coming out for costume design. So. And Mbaku is still one of my favorite characters, I've decided. Winston Duke is just a joy to watch on screen. Whether it's in Black Panther or whether it's in Us, I love his... I, I just... He's such a great actor. 
So, and he, you could tell he was having a lot of fun in this movie. He got to have more fun in this movie. It's that one line he called Koye Bolte Demon. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is, so far, that is the only scene that I've seen leaked on YouTube. Everything else has been like official yep. releases, but that's the only right. one. Right. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, dude, I was cracking up. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, this is a, is a great follow up. They did it about as good as you can do. Uh, you know, at the, you know, I'm having to explain to Grayson about who the characters are and who's what. Cause again, she hasn't seen the first one. Right. Uh, so, you know, and at the end of the movie, we're waiting for the mid credit scene. Cause there is just a mid credit scene, uh, that, you know, she, she goes, you know, this, you know what this reminds me of? I go, what's that? She goes, it reminds me of Gaga, which is my grandfather. I said, what makes you say that? Just, you know, the way that they, you know, just cause they, they're, uh, just because, uh, you know, how, you know, because of how he died or, you know, the death and everything and basically them having a funeral and all that, which of course choked me up because that's how you get me to cry. And then, and then, you know, even more so because my grandfather took me to go see Return of the Jedi. And as we know, Return of the Jedi, you know, Darth Vader's funeral, you know, and all of that. And then my great grandfather had passed. So my grandfather having to explain to me what is going on uh, at the viewing, uh, explained to me that it's just like in Return of the Jedi with Darth Vader and everything. And just me having that. Like that mo like her moment in the theater, and then me getting choked up, which then made me think of that moment I had with him about my great grandfather. Oh my god! It just, I was like, it took everything I had to try and keep it together, because I was just, and everybody's like, wow, he. I'm like thinking, they're probably all like, wow, he's really emotional about this, and I'm like, there's like multiple things I'm emotional about right now. But. uh you know, we went to a matinee, like three o'clock matinee, but there it was showing like it felt like every half hour. So the theater was not full. It was like 10 people total, but it also was playing every half hour. So I'm sure we'd been a lot more full had it been a little more, a little wet if there had been, if it had been on fewer screens, I guess is a good way to put it. Thursday, 40X. Yeah. Fullest 40X theater I've seen. Oh, I <laughs> bet. Act. There may have been, yeah. like from where I was sitting, there's maybe seats, three, and then yeah. of course some, some at the front, but that's the biggest crowd I've seen a movie with since we saw Spider-Man No Way Home. That's crazy. Yeah. It was a good crowd. Like, there were some that was yeah. they did the 4DX during some of the trailers, and I think it caught somebody when it was sitting down. <laughs> like, <when they> sitting <laughs> down. Yeah. And one person was like, oh, no, I can't do this, man. This is too much. <laughs> So like uh, that whole row, first timers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Had to be. Yep. And um, uh, so many people left too. Like as soon as the credits started rolling, I'm like nearly just dead, almost everybody left. I'm like, yeah, either this is their first time watching a Marvel movie or this is the yeah. They maybe they've already seen it, but it was just too many people that left. <laughs> and I still stayed to the end just to make sure because <laughs> you never know. You never know. Never know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I think that's all. I think we covered it. Definitely go see it. Definitely. Just if you take your kids, no one, 
It's two hours and 40 minutes, and it's every bit of that. You might be able to get away to at, with two hours, 30 minutes, if you're lucky. But you uh, And no, you have to read. Yes. Taking the 40X, that way it'll, they'll get waking up every so often. You're right. <laughs> but, also know, but also know that you're going to have to read if they're younger. So. No. Right. Okay, my friend, you are up this first this week, I believe. So, I was having trouble finding some of this to watch because I was so excited about watching Black Panther mm-hmm. that Sunday came. I'm like, I didn't watch anything else. <laughs> At least <laughs> nothing that I want to talk about. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I got on Netflix and decided to watch a movie that's been on my watch list for for a minute. I checked out the movie Dope, okay. which um, released uh, June 19th of 2015, runtime of an hour and 43 minutes, directed by Rick uh, Fumuyiwa, and it stars Shamik Moore, Tony Bori, MS Flash Thompson in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, Kiersey Clemens, Kimberly Elise makes appearance in this, uh, Chanel Iman, uh, rapper Tyga, is in this. We have okay. Mike Anderson, who I remember from uh, the series on Hulu, but I can't remember the name. Um, Zoe Kravitz is in this. ASAP Rocky. And then Forrest Whitaker serves as narrator. So this is about <clears throat> moving. See, life changes from Malcolm, a geek who survived in life in a tough neighborhood after a chance invitation to an underground party leads him and his friends into a Los Angeles adventure. So Malcolm and his friends, Jib and Biggie, they're geeks in their senior year of high school. They're very much stuck on 90s hip hop and um, they get picked on daily. But this is their senior year. Malcolm is very adamant about getting admitted to Harvard. And he feels like he's smart enough, has the grades to where, you know, he'll easily get admitted. But his counselor is like, no, nah, you need to do this interview so he can get some recommendations that'll kind of help solidify because his um, letter that he wrote is all about hip hop, you know, but mm-hmm. he suggested to him, like, write something that's more about you, telling you about yourself. And it's like, it is me, you know, but um, so a chance encounter, they get invited to this party, which is for 21 and up only. So when they get there, they can't get in. But um, ASAP Rocky plays Dom who invited them make sure they get in and there's um first time he that malcolm meets dom he uses him as kind of like to talk to akia played by zoe kravitz like saying telling her to he wants to talk to her or he wants her to come to the party she tells uh malcolm like you know if you go i'll go so in anyway they end up both at the party and so he asks her to dance but then dom steps in you know, kind of killing this thunder in a way. Mm-hmm. But she's older. She's older. A little older. Um, but at this club in the back, there's a drug deal that kind of gets interrupted by this, this armored arm gang that comes in. A shootout happens. Some people get shot. But Malcolm and his friends get away. Um, Malcolm gets driven home by Nakia. And then, it's, then he has a conversation with her about uh, helping her. Like, he wants to hang out with her. But, um, you know, she's studying. I was like, well, I can be a tutor. Um, but the next day at school, they're going through the metal detector because they have a metal detector and an armed guard there. The, it goes off, but 
you know, they're, they're still allowed to go through. So when Malcolm's in class, he opens his backpack and there's a gun and drugs in it. So he's like, I don't know how this got here. But so he meets <laughs> up with his two friends and he starts thinking like, well, you know, Dom handed me my backpack, told me to leave. So he probably put it in there. And while he's talking to his friends, there's a phone call where you have this real deep, gruffy voice saying, hey, I, I was told that you have my lunch. <laughs> you know, speaking code, of course. Yeah. And um, so he said, after school, you're going to have this red El Camino, you know, bring it, drop it off. You're good to go. And you walk away. So when he's about to make this drop off, he gets another call. But it's Dom inside the jail because he got arrested. And he's talking with his lawyer. But he tells him, hey, I'm about to make this drop off. Is it you that's in the El Camino? It's like, no. It's like, you know, somebody called saying I need to make this drop off. Like, no, that wasn't me. Whoever that was is not with me. So it gives him instructions on what to do with 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 the drugs. And um, of course, they get chased by people they were going to meet up. And the phone they have is an iPhone. So they're tracking it because they, they, they run away, they get away. But then the people still find them, like how they able to find us. And you see them yeah. in the car, on the tablet, following their every move. So they end up ditching the, the phone on the, on the bus to stick it in the window. So and get away. So he ended up going to the house, get up with AJ. And he says, once you get there, just tell him about the boy. But AJ's not there, but his son's there. And they kind of, you know, Malcolm and his friend, they have a, a band that do music well. Um, son is in the music. So they're like, hey, let's just make some, make some songs. Yeah. Um, so they're interacting. They end up going to get some food, and Malcolm's left alone with the sister, who's very, I'll just say, promiscuous. <laughs> gotcha. And she gets a hold of his, the drugs and starts taking it, and she starts tripping, like really tripping. And so he, Malcolm, kind of forgets he has an interview. She has twenty minutes to get to, and sister Lily, said, I'll drive you. But mind you, she's high, like mm-hmm. super. And um, so she's driving, going over the curves. Stops at the stop sign, passes out. <laughs> and she's out. Like he tries like he tries to wake her up and wakes up flipping out, talking about, I need to go to the bathroom. Get out of my house and just that. And she just runs out, goes across the street and bathroom in front of a restaurant. So he basically takes her car <laughs> and gets to this interview. Um through the course of talking to well, he's sitting in the office waiting on the person seeing pictures. So he sees pictures of Tom picture of uh, Lily and her brother. So he starts because he's, he's smart. He starts kind of figuring it out like so um, so he basically tells him what Dom said about bringing the stuff to him. Drugs of course he denies and just says look you're responsible for this stuff now so you get rid of it. You sell it. Like I know nothing of this. So the rest of the movie just comes about them trying to figure out ways to sell the drugs, make the money and give it where it's supposed to go, which they they go about it as um, using Bitcoin and the dark web, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they set up shop in the school using a computer lab that doesn't get used, with like some tech kind of I guess encrypt their their usage. Um, but it's a, it's a fun movie. It's 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 fun. Um, Shamik Moore looks really young in this because I almost yes. didn't recognize him until I was watching. I was like, dang. <laughs> so 2015, I think this might have been before 
that series on Netflix. I can't think of the name right now. The Get Up or whatever it's called. That's on. It's Get Down. The Get Down. Was yeah. it? And I think it was. Was it Netflix or was it HBO? It was one of the, I think it was Netflix. Yeah. Okay. And um. But yeah. Um. Zoe Kravitz has you know small role, but good. Um. Then um, Kiersey Clemens, and then she's in a movie that's on Netflix called Sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And I was going to watch that so I could talk about that too, but I may save that. Okay. Um, it's a cool coming of age movie, high schoolers. So kind of had a, like they're, they're really stuck in the 90s because when he meets Dom, you know, you see the difference <laughs> as far as the dress, you know. Yeah. Dan Phil is in this as well. He's a bully in the high school, always taking his shoes. Um, but, um, Couple of folks in here I didn't expect to see. <laughs> Good fun movie. Cool, awesome. Um, and then I was going to give a two, this two cents on mm-hmm. Batman: The Long Halloween. Yeah. I watched that last week. Um, and then of course we found out about Kevin Conroy, who was Batman for so long, passing away. And um, this I watched this before getting that news. You know, yeah, games and. But um, as far as um, Long Halloween, I thought it was thought it was good. You know, this is where you get the transformation of um, Two Face, which they kind of tease mm-hmm. in the first part because you know HBO has it split into two parts. Um, House explodes while he's holding his wife, and like, oh, this is where it happens. Like, no, nah, he's good. <laughs> but I guess it's more accurate to the comics where he gets acid thrown in his face. Mm-hmm. He's already kind of battling his two sided his demons. Yeah, yeah his demons. And um, I liked it. And then Jensen Eccles, Batman, and Bruce Wayne, it's yep. pretty kind of stiff at some points, but overall, yeah. he's got a good voice for that. Yeah, um, yeah I enjoyed it. I need to. I, my plan is to watch more of the animated movies. But up until that, I'd only watch Batman: Assault on Arkham. Mm-hmm. Ooh. yeah, no, that's the only one I'd watch. That's that's, that's not a good one. They even go to Branson, I think. <laughs> I think they went to Branson or some nonsense like that. I'm like, why is no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not my. Yeah, it's not one of my favorites uh, of the Batman animated stuff. But yeah, no. <laughs> hey, but of course, that was the only one I'd watched up until now. Okay. Uh, under the red. <laughs> yeah, Under the Red Hood's a really good one. Um, year One's not bad. A couple of good solid ones at least. It's easier to tell you which ones to stay away from than it is to tell you which ones are the good ones. Uh, so that's actually a positive, I guess you could say. Uh, but no, they did a great job with Long Halloween. I'm very excited with that. As it is one of my all-time favorite storylines. So, yeah. Started on Halloween and ended on Halloween. Yep. And I wonder if they're going to do an animated version of the sequel uh, to this, uh, Haunted Nights. So it's another Jeff Loeb ten sale graphic novel run. Um, so we'll see. Fingers crossed. Management does. He's right. Jesus, Lord help us all. Um, all right. Uh, my second movie was uh, also the you should say the family movie night pick for the week is. On Netflix, My Father's Dragon, which came out November 11th uh, on Netflix. 
It is one hour, 39 minutes long, rated PG, directed by Nora Twomey. This is also brought to you by the same people that did Wolfwalkers that came out on, that's on uh, Apple TV plus that got nominated for best animated and the secret life of, or the secret of Kells, which is so in a very distinct version of animation, I guess you could say very. Yeah. Uh, so kind of going in, I had not zero knowledge going into the, watching this. And so the animations done similar to Wolfwalkers to go off kills that style, but it's also heavily influenced. It's based on a, on a book. And so they really wanted to kind of incorporate the, uh, the art from the book into the style that they like to use. So there's like a healthy compromise uh having known nothing about the book or the movie i watched the movie and as i'm trying to look up some you know some uh information about the movie and the book i find out that people that have read the book do not like this movie oh they do not like this movie (laughs) um because yeah and the people that have not read the book really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> you know, the way it usually goes when, because obviously it's not going to be anything like the books because you get to use your imagination in the books. But I think there's where the people that have read the book, their gripe is more with the actual story and the substance of the story is different. Okay. Then take this movie as a different take on the book. Instead of it trying to be a direct translate or whatever you want to call it, uh, adaptation of said book. Just think of it as a different take on it. Anyways, that being said, My Father's Dragon is about Elmer Elevator, who searches for a captive dragon on Wild Island and finds much more than he could have ever anticipated. Judy Greer voices uh, Soda. Charlene Yee voices Magda. Jacob Trimbley voices Elmer. Ian McShane voices Siwa. Leighton Meester voices Sasha. Gaten Matarazaro from Stranger Things voices Boris the Dragon. Diane Wiest voices Iris. Alan Cummings voices Cornelius. Adam Brody voices Bob. Jackie Earl Haley voices Tamir, and Whoopi Goldberg voices Kat. Chris O'Dowd voices Quan, and Rita Moreno voices Mrs. McLaren. So, Elmer and his mom, this is right around Dust Bowl era kind of time period, where he and his mom own this general store in this small town. After having years of success, at the store, things start drying up and people start moving. They have to, you know, they have to close down their store. They have to move to this uh, city of, I believe it's Nevergreen, which any city name that is starts with the words never, probably not a good place to move to. Just They don't say, 
<laughs> they seem very uh, pessimistic. <laughs> so they uh, so they move there to the city, and Elmer wants to desperately to be able to reopen the store. His mom kind of feeds into it to give him some hope into this new place that they're living. And that there's an empty building across the street where they could open the store and all that. But, you know, he's got all these quarters saved up from their last store to help start opening their new store. The only problem is the moms need to use the quarters to make phone calls to try and get a job. And just everything's been getting filled and she's having a hard time. And now the jar is empty and Elmer's mad because now... They have no money saved up for, you know, for the store. So she's trying to do everything she can to be sure they don't kick out of their their new apartment and get a job and, you know, provide. And he's just solely focused on this opening a new store. So he ends up, they get into an argument, him and his mom get into an argument. He runs off, goes to the docks. He ends up befriending a cat that ends up talking. So the cat talks and, you know, oh, my God, there's a cat talking. <laughs> he is made aware by the cat that there's this island where there's a where there's a, uh, a dragon that he could then use to, you know, that he can then bring back and use as a way to help get money by, you know, just, hey, look, here's a flying dragon, all this stuff. And can make a lot of money that way so that they, him and his mom can open up their store. It's a very simple, basic plot of, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get money to, uh, so they can open up their store. And so he catches a ride on this whale who is very giddy and thinks that Elmer is tickled. You know, it's, you know, him riding on her, it's like, it's, it's like, oh my God, he's like very ticklish because her, He's tickling the whale because of him right on. Anyways, and he's just suddenly went from not knowing that animals could talk to going to this island where they're all talking and that it's very magical and very different. And he's having to learn how to be brave and uh, how to be brave and how to help others out being other animals being Boris the dragon that doesn't do water because um, it can't swim and he's not this big menacing fire breathing dragon that we're used to seeing on game of thrones <laughs> you know and you know and things like that he's a very friendly very friendly dragon that also has to learn how to be brave too so they kind of rely on each other as friends to help each other out through the areas in which make them scared. And then there's these gorillas that are like, well, if we lose control of this dragon, then we'll never, you know, the island will shift it. We won't, uh, you know, it'll sink or something like that. They have some sort of superstition about it. So these monkeys and apes are all now trying to go after Elmer and pretty much so they can get the dragon back. And they meet, you know, different animals along the way to kind of help them on their journey. And so that. 
so that Boris can get where he needs to go, and Elmer can then take Boris, and they can fly back and to the city and all this stuff. It's a cute movie. Younger kids will love it. Adults may think, yeah, it's fine, but it's nothing that they would want to rewatch. Like, Wolfwalkers, I love, and I would watch again and again. Yeah. It's Ruth is not all about that at all, but... Um, but the kids both liked that one. Uh, I think Grayson would like this one because it's more age appropriate for her. York would be like, okay, and then go back upstairs. <laughs> like, what are you watching this? Okay, yeah, yeah, it's okay. But not, it's not. He's kind of aged out of it. Yeah, basically, it's a movie he would have aged out. But this is great for like, we'll say like six to nine or ten. I think would be great. You know, it's it's not super scary. It's kind of it's not meant to be it's like yeah there's conflict here but it's not it's not overly menacing i guess is a good way to, like the bad guys aren't really they're you understand why they're doing the things they're doing and it's not just because they're mean bullies i guess is a good way to put it but it's it's well done yeah yeah and it's and it the animation's done well the story's told just fine it's the voice acting is done really well. You can tell they're having fun. They did actually do a lot of the voice. Like the movie was made during quarantine. So that all the animation, all that stuff was being made during quarantine. And a lot of the voice acting was recorded, I think, at home. Um, but I know Jacob Tremblay and uh, Gaten Matarzaro uh, recorded theirs, recorded their, their, uh, theirs in a booth together. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's cute. So if you've read the book, then you probably won't like this unless you watch it in a way that you're like, this is just a different take <laughs> and that's okay. But if you're going with it, this is not like the book at all. Obviously you're not, you're probably going to be like really mad at it, but guess what? That is just movie ad, you know, movie adaptations from a book because you can't fit an entire book. Plus, also, you know, also include the fact that, hey, we can't, our imaginations will not translate onto a screen. That's not how things work. Right. Just do the best we can. Everybody's got a different interpretation. So, exactly. And the director did actually meet with the author of the book to get ideas and, and to discuss about how they want to make, you know, uh, the steps of get her ideas on what she thinks would make a good you know, how translation. So it's not, so this was even done with the assistance of the author. So you can't even get mad at the director because they're had input from the author on this movie. That's the writer. I'm just anything or just don't be mad and just enjoy them. Just enjoy it for what it is. A movie about friendship and what it takes to learn how to be brave. I like it. You just like it. Yeah. So anyways, Yep, there you go. Always have. Yep, you always have books. So that's what I've watched. Um, so for TV, just real quick, I finally watched Blockbuster on Netflix. Still, it is okay. It is okay. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's not like I've seen a lot of people trashing it. It's just I think the only reason why they're trashing it is because it's not what they wanted. It's not what they wanted in a show. About Blockbuster. Kind of like the last movie. Book. Didn't get yeah. translated the way they wanted. And right. I guess they watched the Blockbuster documentary and they thought maybe it'd be more 
about movies. It'd be more about movies than. Yeah, about the people that. And I did, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's fun. It's just a fun show. Just it's a good one just to have on, just to have something on. There's only ten episodes, and it's there's some things that the writing can get a little stale at point at uh, points, but it overall as a series, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's it's not like The Office or Brooklyn Nine Nine or Parks and Rec or one of these other shows where you can quote where you have a bunch of you know lines of quotable lines. Mm-hmm. It's just one you can have on and just enjoy watching and it's just you know just to have something on and it's fun and it's just lighthearted. Yeah. It's okay to have those shows too. So. <clears throat> Yeah, I've been, I'm still yeah. kind of making my way through. I've just been watching an episode here and there, but yeah, I get. So I sent you the trailer for the show called Low Country, and it's on HBO Max. If you haven't watched it, it's a, I believe, three-part docu docu series. And the best, I don't want to get too much into it until after you've watched it. Because after you've watched it, I really would like to have just like a conversation about that only. We just record it separately. Because this docu- this docu-series is off-the-wall bonkers in the way that kind of like The Way Down or uh, The Vow is kind of just out there. Now, this isn't about cults per se, but it is uh, – what it is about is this family that – in South Carolina, their three generations have been the the solicitor, or in this case, like the district attorney for this area. The difference between a district attorney is just like, hey, it's for this county, whereas the solicitor is like three or four counties. Like you're the district attorney for like three or four over three or four counties. And this family, the grandfather, the grandfather, the father, or the great grandfather, the grandfather and father have all been had this position. So as what's referred to, like in the trailer is that, you know, they're basically run like a mob in the sense that they're all connected. You know, they know everybody. They're well connected in the police department. So what happens is that it follows the investigation of Alex Murdaugh. Uh, M-U-R-D-A-U-G-H, a lawyer accused of murdering his wife and son, Paul, on the night of June 7, 2021. But before you can even get to that, there's another murder that occurs. And then bef- during that investigation, there's another like there's another attempted murder that occurs. And then it's seriously it is like. I went into this not even – I think I've seen – I had seen like 30 seconds of a trail. Like, okay, this looks interesting. I'll go check it out. And within the first – like before the first one ended, I'm like – I think I said, what in the world is going on here at least three times? Yeah. Because right when I thought like, okay, I could kind of see where they're going with this. And and then I'm like, oh, oh wait, what just happened? <laughs> like, hold on. I need, to, I need to go back a little bit. What did she just say? Yeah. And – it is just bonkers. I mean, it is just, it's definitely, I, I highly recommend people watch this duck. It's three episodes. They're all like an hour, hour and 10. It is, 
crazy. Yeah, it's crazy this actually occurred. Like, all these events actually occurred in this small, specific area of South Carolina. It is like if where the crawdads sing, (laughs) which I think is North Carolina, but still. Which also is now on Netflix, too, to be, actually. Uh, So if you haven't watched it, watch it, and then go back and listen to our very special episode with our friends at the Strange South. There we go. Plug that old episode. Um, But this is very crazy. Like, this is just, yeah. Right when you think you have this entire show figured out, I guarantee you do not have this show figured out. And do yourself a favor, do not do research on this. Like just sit, just sit and watch all of it, and then go back and look stuff up. You you will be better for it. <laughs> okay, and that's you man. I watched last episode of Andor, fantastic. Uh, curious where they're gonna go. I don't think it's the last one. We still got two more. It's episode ten. It's episode ten. There's still two more. This last one though, I mean, they could have ended with this one for the season and. It would have been good, um, but still two more. And then uh, this ep- the this week's episode of Titans was kind of a filler episode to me, which I it's only the fourth one, so it seemed kind of weird for it to be a filler, but that's what it felt like to me. Maybe all things will be revealed soon. And the vow is still going strong. I'm still making my way through that to me. Uh, yeah. The season starts this week. So, uh, it's just a lot of twists and turns in this show, too. Like, especially you think things are going to settle down and everything's boom. Something else happens to just be like, okay, so what are they going to do now? Uh, so, I also watched the series finale for Atlanta. And it did end in a way that I, that was interesting because I watched a video where someone had a thought that all the episodes preceding this were just inside the brain the mind of one of the characters and this episode pretty much illustrated that it was kind of like an inception thing oh wow one of the characters goes to a one of those deprivation tanks where they sit in water and just meditate and there's a lot of kind of um oh you're inside your 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 dream but no you're still there you wake up but no you're still there it's kind of like kind of like that going on Mm-hmm. So by the end of the episode, you're kind of stuck, left with the basically a cliffhanger. Like, so was everything we watched before this all in his mind, or you know, kind of left the interpretation as to everything. So, which kind of makes sense because some of the episodes they had were pretty weird, mm-hmm. and this character's pretty weird <laughs> in a way. So it was a good send off for the show. It makes me want to go back and rewatch, starting from season one and. I mean, the episodes are like 30 minutes each, so it'll be a quick. Yeah. Okay. Coming out this week, we have She Said about the Weinstein investigation. So that should be interesting. I'm sure it'll be our first movie that's trying to go after some awards, I'm sure. And then we have The Menu with uh, Ray Fiennes. So that's... uh, That'll be interesting. And then on Netflix, we'll have a movie called The Wonder. And then Timothy Chalamet's new movie with the director of from Call Me By Your Name, Bones and All, also comes out. So 
starting to then uh, Thanksgiving. And then coming up for Thanksgiving, we have the Fablemans, Spielberg's new autobiographical inspired, I guess, movie. And Disney's uh, Strange World is coming out. And then Devotion also comes out. So, yep, yep. That'll round out November. Yep. So, all right. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed this this week's amazing episode. Uh, be sure to check us out on our socials, and we hope everyone has an amazing week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.